0: Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the best connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford.
1: Welcome everyone. Welcome to Eyes West. This is Dick Crawford and today's introduction was from today's guest, Linda Salco from North Scottsdale, Arizona. Linda and I have known each other for a few years here. I visited her a couple of times to take a look at her market out there and I know that we have a very similar approach to the real estate business and that's why I trust her implicitly. Today's episode is a fantastic opportunity to get to know Linda a little bit more and learn a little bit more about the area that she serves. So thank you for being on the program this morning, Linda. How are you doing today?
0: Uh, Thank you, Dick. I'm doing great this morning. Thanks for having me here.
1: Let's jump right in and and talk about your work. Where are you in your real estate career today?
0: Well, I began my real estate career uh, back in 2000. I moved to um, Arizona in 1996 and decided to go back to work full-time, and uh, here it is almost 21 years later, and I'm now, for the last 10 years, been with Berkshire Hathaway uh, Home Services in Arizona.
1: 10 years? I actually didn't realize the... uh the um, Berkshire Hathaway network was that old. Uh, I, I entered Berkshire Hathaway about five or six years ago, and I knew it was a little bit behind the eight ball. But 10 years is quite a while. I didn't realize that.
0: Well, it was actually the first year it was Prudential. And then uh, shortly after I joined, um, they were taken over by Berkshire. So okay. that's, that's, uh, that's my full 10 years with the company.
1: Now, how do you work? Let's get a profile on that. What's your approach to the business of real estate?
0: Well, since I've been in business now for going on my 21st year, um, a lot of my business now has come from uh, past clients, referrals, but I still very much enjoy uh, working with uh, new clients who happen to find me. Uh, I do a lot of advertising in magazines and online, so I probably get uh, three or four leads a day just from my website. So they, they see me and I advertise consistently in magazines. So I think people, once they finally call me after seeing me somewhere, they feel like they start to know me. But I guess I would have to say at this stage, my best source real estate right now goes towards my past clients. They've been wonderful to me over these years.
1: Mm, and they've been wonderful to you because you are wonderful to them in the first place. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, well, wait. I
0: do try. I do try every day. Uh, sometimes when I don't see them for a period of time, years go by, even though I have an automated, I guess you could say, newsletter that goes out every month, and a lot of people do respond to that, and I always respond back. But if I don't see them, I, I tend not to recognize them right away, and we will be out and about, and I bump into them, and I have to think for a second, yes, I sold their house and such and such, and it all comes rushing back to me, but uh, it's, always, it's always exciting when that happens.
1: Yes, I know the feeling. That's excellent. Uh, In your work, or in our work as realtors, uh, we wear a lot of different hats. Uh, Give me one hat that you can think of that, that you enjoy wearing during your work as a realtor.
0: Well, one of my favorite things I really like to do is when people meet me for the first time, I want to have them experience what I experienced when I moved out here 25 years ago. So I actually set up an appointment with them, and um, I like to educate them on what's happening in the, in the area, especially North Scottsdale and the golf communities, which I specialize in. So for me, educating the buyer when I, when I, after I get to know them a little bit, finding out what their needs are, um, and uh, actually having them enjoy the lifestyle the lifestyle, I'll actually take them to the uh, community restaurants out here that, where I happen to live and work in Desert Mountain Community, which is in North Scottsdale. So I have the opportunity to actually physically take them into our clubhouses, take them out to play golf, things like this, so that before we even look at a property, I want to make sure that they're comfortable in, in any community. So that's sort of how I started. I, that's the, pers- that's the uh, first step is to see which community they want to be in, if they are golfers, which most of them are, uh, that's my path in that direction.
1: If I'm looking at the map, what's your geographic service area? You talk about a lot of those clubs and such. What are your boundaries?
0: Right. North Scottsdale, Scottsdale, um, anything that if anyone gets to know the area, we have a, a highway out here called uh, 101. and 101 is a highway that goes, that goes uh, north and south and then eventually goes east and west. They expanded it. So I like to stay north of the 101, which is mostly all Scottsdale and North Scottsdale. Where Desert Mountain Community is located, it actually backs up to the Tonto National Forest, which is uh, all preserved land. So there's nothing above Desert Mountain but natural, natural area. So it's quite beautiful. It is the high Sonoran Desert, so we have a lot of saguaros, a lot of cactus, things like that. So I'm just a little more comfortable up here. And our weather is uh, compared to the Phoenix weather. We're anywhere uh, seven to ten degrees cooler than down in the valley, so it's a it's a great place for all year round, especially if people are here in the summer. It's a little bit cooler uh in the winter time we are a hair cooler than down in the valley but um it's it's a nice it's a nice uh, change of scenery
1: yes, and seven to ten degrees in that range of temperature is a is a big deal <laughs> when you're looking at hundred and ten degrees down there, uh, it's nice to be only 100 where you are.
0: Exactly. Even though it's a still 100, but it just feels a little bit better because our, our humidity is, is lower.
1: Give me three quick bullet points that you want our listeners to learn about today on the call, uh, just you know, almost like one-liners. Three things. Three things.
0: Uh, well, first I could say that when I first meet somebody, um, I try about myself, I try to Make them comfortable. My my uh, shtick, I guess you could say, is a little. I use humor in my in my conversation. Uh, I work with a lot of clients who are past and present CEOs and CFOs and COOs. You know all those all those names. And uh, so they're out now looking for either a second or third home, sometimes a primary. And so I try to make them comfortable, knowing that you know they're going to be spending uh, most of the home sales. The average home sales in Desert Mountain are probably a million and a half to two and a half million dollars in the average price range right now. So I know that they're spending, you know, a, a great deal of money. And uh, it, it can be stressful sometimes, but I think that if I can make them comfortable in their environment, make them comfortable with me, um, they open up a little bit more about what their needs are, and I'm able to do my job a little bit quicker. Uh, so that I think that's that's one of the uh, things that I think that helps me to help them. I'm also very familiar Uh, with a lot of the uh, top agents in the Valley. So I network really well with the top agents. So if I have somebody looking for a home in a a different subdivision, a different community, I just have to call one of those agents who I know very well, and I ask them what's going on in in their neck of the woods. They share their information. I help them. So I have a good relationship with other uh, top agents in the area. I don't know if there's a third one, but I know that those are two important things that I try to do for my clients uh, when they're when they're coming out here.
1: It's a good way to uh, get started, make people comfortable.
0: <laughs> That's a... Right, right. Find out what their needs are. Yeah, exactly.
1: Take a couple of minutes and tell us about the area. What can, we, what can we expect to find there? Well,
0: Scottsdale, North Scottsdale, the whole valley up here. Uh, we have a lot of mountains, um, many, many, many hiking trails. So if you like outdoor activities from mountain biking or just hiking or golf, we, we're like a golf mecca. One of the communities I specialize in is Desert Mountain. We have seven private uh, golf courses. We have probably about 10 restaurants on site. Uh, we have our own private hiking trails with um, 20, 30 miles. I'm not exactly sure what the route is, but it's, uh, we have a lot of different trails that you can participate in. Uh, our community has pickleball and um, tennis and every kind of amenity that, you know, swimming. So uh, the area is conducive for a lot of outdoor activities. We have sun about 300 days a year. Like today, it's, it's cloudy, but it's going to be probably 85 degrees. This is turning into our fall. So our weather here uh, is, is, is great. And um, so I think the outdoor activities uh, in North Scottsdale is, is really great compared to, I do sell homes down in Paradise Valley and an area south, uh, but their temperatures are a little bit uh, warmer. And uh, yes, they do have hiking. It's a little bit more congested down there as you start coming up in Scottsdale. In North Scottsdale, we have a little bit more wide open spaces, and I think people like that.
1: And if I remember correctly, there's a uh, horse facility up in your neck of the woods. You can do a little horseback riding.
0: Yes, you can. Well, there's a lot of horse trails out here. Desert Mountain, as one of the amenities they added a couple years ago, they actually built their own uh, horse facility that we actually bring up horses that the club has a contract with. And they, uh, based on the number of riders, uh, they built a barn and a and a but anyway, there, there's a facility for them to keep their horses up here for, for days and overnights. So uh, we have expert riders who take them out on trail rides. Uh, you cannot have your own horses up here. That's the only thing. We, make, uh, we made arrangements to have that for members who enjoy that. Where they also do uh, glamping, glamorous camping where they actually set up tents and bring the food up, and they have the chef come up and do the cooking for you. So if people <laughs> want to do some overnight camping up, up in our hills up here in Desert Mountain, it's one of the uh, few private golf communities around, especially in this area, that has any, anything at all like that. So mm. for those outdoorsy people who want to really rough it a little bit, I don't know how roughing it is, but for me, roughing is a holiday inn. So uh, <laughs> camping is not necessarily my thing, but if somebody likes it, you know, they can certainly do that
1: that sounds good. So a little <laughs> little bit of golf, uh, a little bit of horseback riding and a little bit of glamping. That's uh, right. that's that's not a bad bad short list. I like that a lot. Are there any other uh, popular activities during the year that people might engage in or do they do they uh, you know venture out into the valley to do that?
0: Yeah, I was going to say that they're building um so many facilities out here for uh, high-end shopping. There's two areas that I, that I frequent. It's the Scottsdale Quarter and Carolyn Commons. They have all the beautiful shops. It's all outdoor uh, shopping, you know, um, not enclosed mall, but it's an outdoor shopping venue that has restaurants, and they have music activities, and uh, some of them have little concerts going on. So there's always something to do in the Valley uh, you don't have to wait till a weekend. They could have farmers markets on a Tuesday or a Thursday or whatever, and you just want to get out and about and go to a farmers market.
1: Yes, get out and stretch your legs. Get out <laughs> there. Uh, here's a maybe a tough question, and you've you've kind of answered this along the way, but maybe give me a story. Tell me one thing you just absolutely love about living where you live.
0: You know, I think uh, I think that one of the things that I really truly enjoy is the members and our staff. Our facilities are wonderful, but really the people is really what makes it fun. So if you can, um, our staff, I don't know how they, you know, we have over 600 employees at Desert Mountain, and somehow they're, they're, they're just wonderful. Even during this pandemic, our club was top-notch. Uh, they, they set up a medical f- facility just for the staff to make sure that they were covered every day. Every day they would check them and shots were given if needed for, you know, the, the COVID shots. We, we had our own setup here. So I, I, I really have to give a great shout-out to the staff here because they, they really kept our club going. Members are great. Everybody who comes out here, they just love the environment, so they're happy to be here, whether they're part-time or full-time. I've had friends out here for 25 years I'm still friends with. I got here at age 40, which was kind of young. Our demographics have changed, and now – we're getting people in their 30s and 40s coming to Desert Mountain. So because of the lifestyle amenities that they've added out here. When I got here, it was primarily golf. Now, golf is still primary, but we have so many of the other facilities and amenities that they've added to the club that it's made it a very great social place to live.
1: That's very interesting because typically uh, communities like that, we tend to think that they draw retired people. And in the same breath, we don't necessarily classify 40-year-olds as retired people. So maybe there's a, there's a few things going on there. Uh, what right. are the primary reasons that people are moving there? What, is, can you say more about that?
0: Yeah, I think from what I'm talking to people, uh, my average age now of new clients, they're in their late 40s, early 50s, I would say, for my, for my own clients. They're looking for, uh, they're, they're changing their lifestyles. Some of them are not retired. Some of them happen to be early retirements. I don't know where from, but great for them. They're wanting to enjoy their lives more. We see more children up here. Uh, We have a wonderful children's park out here, a playground. They're always doing activities with them. Now, my children are all grown, and I have grandchildren. So we have a lot of grands out here. The grands play with each other. They come to visit. There's enough kids up here. There's enough activities. I don't know the other reasons why they'd all be flocking here, but I do know there's a short supply right now. Most of the country clubs all have a wait list. Desert Mountain, uh, in order to become a member out here, you have to um, be pre-approved. I always recommend that everybody uh, stop in at the membership department, get, get the application, whether they want it now or a year from now. Just get pre-approved now, and then it'll make it easier to transition into uh, when you are ready to purchase uh, Desert Mountain is so large. We have we have a big turnover. We probably average uh, at least 200 to 250 properties um, a year on turnover.
1: How many homes are there total? There's
0: about two. Yeah, there's about 2,000 homes completed in Desert Mountain. We have a lot of properties in construction right now. Uh, there are a lot of homes that are 20-25 years old. Uh, Desert Mountain started in 1986, and the first home was actually built in 1988. So we do have some older inventory. Just a couple months ago, we had over 300 homes in some form of um, renovation. So people are updating their homes, mm-hmm. whether, whether to sell or just to enjoy. The problem with construction right now is everything is delayed due to, due to the um, supply chain. So it's just taking a little bit longer to get your properties finished. And we also have a shortage in, in land. Desert Mountain, as I said, has been here since '86. So we don't have a lot of lots for sale. So as current today, there's over 2,000 homes uh, finished right now. Uh, we only have 19 lots for sale in all mm-hmm. of Desert Mountain. And today we have 47 homes currently active, excuse me, 66 homes currently active. Um, no, let's go back, sorry. Um, I'm not great with numbers, but I, I usually keep them in my head. <laughs> Okay. and I wrote them down and I can't read what I wrote but basically <laughs> we have 40 we have 47 active homes for sale uh, of them only 14 are resale 33 are new builds oh wow so yeah so the new builds um but the problem with some of the new builds are some of them won't be ready till end of 22 or or, or sometime in 2023 okay. so because of the supply chain problem we're having a problem getting the homes completed in a timely manner so Mm-hmm. which has also created an influx of rentals. People now need to rent homes because their homes aren't done yet. It's like a uh, domino effect. So more and more people are looking to rent. So that's another area that's become very popular in Desert Mountain, renting while your home is being built or renting just to come out here to see if, if you like the area.
1: Yes, I definitely want to talk about that in a minute or two, no question about it, because that's a big deal in all communities everywhere. Uh, Let's go back briefly to that idea that uh, 200 homes have sold this year so far, and there's two thousand so that's a ten percent turnover uh, rate, if you will um, right that's that seems to be a little bit more uh, a little bit quicker than a lot of communities uh, Any particular reason for that or are people just taking their equity and running or or are are things changing in some other fashion
0: no that that's actually pretty normal for desert mountain if you've been here five ten fifteen twenty or you know myself i'm here twenty five years living in desert mountain now. So once people get to certain ages, they've been here a long time. Many people, when they first got the Desert Mountain, were in their 50s. Let's say when I got here, they might have been 55. So 25 years later, they're 80. So they're starting to think about moving back home, wherever home was, closer to their family. And so we have that transition as far as, as, far as um, people leaving for that reason. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, Dick, we have many people that are taking advantage of the, the increase in value that they're taking advantage and they're, they're putting their homes on the market because they are making money. Uh, people are coming in from your area, California especially. We have a lot of influx of Californians coming over here. Uh, I think for many different reasons. One is our, our property taxes are, I, I do believe, better than California taxes. And uh, the California people think that they're getting great value over here. Uh, you could buy a million and a half dollar house here. That might cost you three or three and a half million dollars in California for the same home. So between taxes and just good values, people from uh, whether it's California, Washington State, Oregon, we're getting a lot of that. Colorado, you know, the, the West Coast people are staying West Coast, but they're just, they're loving Arizona.
1: Yeah, they like the time zone or they want to stay in the same time zone, maybe for family (laughs) family or work purposes, but uh, they want to get out of the either out of the congestion or out of the weather and, and go south.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: What's your perspective on growth in the area?
0: Well, growth, um, I can only say for what I'm familiar with or what I read like a lot of people, but North Scottsdale obviously is still growing. We don't have as much land to develop. There are a few areas that are, that are taking off. Yeah. Uh, developers are coming in and they're building. Once again, they're having supply chain problems, so they're taking orders and they, they have been delayed. But overall, growth in the Valley uh, Intel, which is big down in uh, Tempe area, they just announced they're building a $20 billion plant down in Chandler, Arizona, going to employ I don't know how many thousands of people. But I mean, w- we need that. We have, we have so many companies moving here from other states, and a lot of it is in the East Valley and the West Valley. Uh, we just have a lot of land out here that, uh, that can be developed, and mm-hmm. I think that the other companies are seeing the
1: values moving here. It's going to be an interesting next 10 years. Um, Southern California cities have average home prices ranging from about 500,000 to a million and a half averages, and it spikes you know here and there. But give me some examples of your median price, because I know you're in that luxury market, so it is a little bit different, so tell me about that. What's going on there?
0: Well, the luxury market in North Scottsdale very hard to find something 500,000. Uh, we might be talking a condo two-bedroom condo or something at 500 And once they come on the market, uh, our days on market is like hours. It's not even days anymore, so in, in that price range. But we're finding, too, the average, the average home in Desert Mountain right now is probably 2 to 2500000 million. It's gone up over a over $1 million just in this last year average price. If a home comes on the market, I happened to put a home on the market the other day. I had two showings and two fantastic offers, and we accepted one on a Monday. Uh, it went into um, escrow Tuesday. The inspection was completed Tuesday, and everything was all done, uh, including the buyer's inspection and seller's response by Friday. So, uh, and it was a, it was it was 2.35 million. And um, so it's it, it seems like if a home has anything, it was a nice size home, four bedrooms plus a media room, great mountain views. So it had a lot of nice things about it. It was very light and bright and um, not near any busy streets. Uh, location for me is one of the best things that I've tried to emphasize with my clients, even in a hot market. I think location in the long run in real estate will be great if the market decides to change a little bit.
1: yes,
0: uh, They are ready for their exit strategy. So I'm very particular when I'm working with a buyer at any price level to making sure that the education that I mentioned earlier and explaining mm. the process is trying to buy the best location which means that you're not near any busy freeways or access streets or you know impediments with you know high wires somewhere or something that's going to be a detraction for the next person. So, uh, one of my key things is not only educating the client but also uh, educating them on a great location so that when they do are and and are ready to sell. Uh, it'll make it a lot easier, uh, whether it's a, a good market or not a great market.
1: No, that is just fantastic advice, because in the end, it is a business transaction, and there's a lot of emotion going into it, and for the next buyer coming in, there could be a lot of emotion, but it's a business transaction, and there are some basics that you've got to honor, and one of them, <laughs> one big one, is location.
0: One of my um, key points when I meet somebody, I came up with this tagline. It was kind of a joke, but then it sort of stayed with me. I always uh, ask them, do you know what the three L's of real estate are? And they say, yeah, location, location, location. I said, oh, you're so close. And I go, they go, what? I go, location, location, and Linda. <laughs> it's
1: nice. Because
0: Because I'm an integral part. I want them to know I'm an integral part of their exit strategy. They don't know it now, but they will know it later. So I always try to say, listen, it's always about you. It's your money. It's not mine. But when you do go to resell or to sell the home, uh, think about me because I I was the one who placed you in that home uh, or helped you make that decision to go into that home. And therefore, uh, it will make it a lot easier for your transition to to, uh, move. So that's always a great starter line. Um, They all, you know, breaks the ice. And they tend to remember it. It, they, and they do tend to remember it. So it's kind of a fun little joke that turned into um a good a good way that they can remember me.
1: That is absolutely wonderful. So North Scottsdale is location, location and Linda. I love That's it. That's right. <laughs> you uh you talked about supply of new homes and there's not too many, um and construction is not meeting demand. So how do you help an out of town buyer with either new construction or uh, resale, if you know they're coming into town and they want to buy and, and maybe they can stay and lease in the meantime or maybe they have to go back home and get back to work. How do you help that out-of-town buyer?
0: Well, this, ha- this is happening all the time right now. So basically, patience. They have to understand that we're in a very strange market right now. If they're, if they're here and a property happens to come on uh, I will advise them whether whether or not it's a great value or a good location, and we must see it right away. We have seen a lot of properties that have gone into contract. A lot of agents have been doing video video calls because their, their buyers are not in town. And I will tell you, probably 9 out of 10 uh, clients that are doing this, they're actually losing the deals because they do get a chance to fly in, and they might not like the home after they fly it in. So a lot of the sellers now are not necessarily taking those offers. So it's created a challenge for the out-of-state buyers who want to be here. So I happen to have somebody coming in next week, and I told them I have very little inventory to show them. This is their second visit to town. So they've, I've already given them the, the lay of the land, so to speak. And if anything I know of is coming up but is not ready to go to market, I've reached out to the other agents and say, I know they're not ready yet, but is there a way we can get in just to take a preview? My client is patient. They don't have to buy today, but they want to know that something might be available. So I think for me, keeping my ear to the ground, listening to what may or may not be coming through a pipeline, especially in Desert Mountain, even though we have uh, 1,950 members, about 2,000 homes, it sounds big, but uh, the real estate community is kind of small. So networking with the other agents, not only in Desert Mountain, but outside of Desert Mountain if they don't want Desert Mountain, is really critical for me to help my buyers that are coming in that we don't have the inventory. Now, some people also want to rent. If you rent, renting has also gone up in value. You can be renting a two-bedroom cottage in Desert Mountain for 6000 a month. You can go off property down in the valley and maybe rent a two-bedroom, not on a golf course or anything, but just a two-bedroom for maybe 2500 So it's really wherever they want to be. But if they want to be in Desert Mountain community, for example, and they do want to rent, we have very limited inventory because people will book this six months to a year in advance. So if they can't find something right now, I just tell them to be patient. That's the only thing that we can in, in this volatile market. Taking them also around to other communities that are new builds. There is, a, there is a wait list on some of the new builds as well. So really, Dick, for the, for the um, buyer coming in who needs to make an immediate purchase, uh, the best thing is uh, to give me some notice so I know when they're coming in so I can plan to be able to find them something. If they show up tomorrow, I might not quite be ready because I haven't done the research yet, and it's really important for the agent to get a little research under their belt before their client shows up and this way it gives us and them more opportunity to see more things because, as I said, there's things coming soon that the buyer doesn't see but we as agents do see in the MLS. So that gives us a chance to go out and preview some of these homes to see whether or not it's even something that they would even consider.
1: You mentioned a few things that you do in advance. Is there anything that the buyer needs to do in advance when they're considering coming out there for that market, what do they need to consider when they're looking to buy there? How can they prepare?
0: Well, one is to reach out to an agent in advance. So basically, the buyer should give their agent or myself as much information as possible so that so that we are better prepared for them. The other thing is probably 85% of my buyers are already committed to golf. So if they're into golf and they maybe don't want a large community like Desert Mountain, they want another community nearby, at least I can get them into the community show them around the different golf communities so they in turn can decide which community they feel is best for them. Maybe they want a single club facility. They don't want seven clubs. You know, They don't necessarily need that. They don't want it, even though our prices at Desert Mountain for entry to come in is probably the best value in, in, in the valley. Mm-hmm. Right now our current membership is $70,000. It's a one-time fee, and that accesses them to all the golf courses, restaurants, and all the amenities that I that I. Said below, other communities. Their entry level, uh, just to get in for a full golf, is a hundred to uh, to two hundred thousand, hmm. for maybe a single club facility. So it really all depends on what the buyer's needs are, and that's the most important thing when I'm working with a buyer is to find out what their needs and wants are.
1: Boy, I tell you, if they don't succeed with you, they're not gonna. Um, <laughs> it's so good to talk to somebody actually who is. An area expert, a true area expert where you, we've talked before, where you all kind of hesitate to go outside that area because you can't be of real good service to them because you don't know it as well. And it's so refreshing because when they want to be in your area, they've got the best and they've got all the information they could possibly need to make a good decision.
0: Well, I hope so. I do try. As I said, it's been 25 years living here, 21 years selling real estate, But a lot of my clients do become friends of mine, and they tell their friends. And as I said, and I'm now generational, as I think I mentioned before. So I'm now uh, working with the children of the the, uh, parents that I've sold properties to over the years, which I think makes it even more special. I want to take extra special care of them. So I think of them as my children. I want to make sure that I do a really exceptional job for them, uh, whether it's a $300,000, $400,000 condo or I'm working with a client. It's a five or six or seven million dollar home. I treat them all exactly the same.
1: And there's a testimonial uh, from a client right there that speaks volumes. We ask for testimonials from our clients. You know what it was like working with me and such. And they can say what they say and say they love us and all that. But boy, when they when they turn their kids over to us, <laughs> that is the testimonial right there. So that's the
0: best. That's the best. It, exactly. It is. I love that. that. Is, I
1: know. That's a top drawer testimonial. They didn't say a word other than call Linda. Um, <laughs> and so for all our listeners, certainly North North Scottsdale uh, consider that uh, in terms of calling Linda. But wherever you're going to buy a home, um, that is a testimonial to look for. If the agent is working with their clients' kids, you know that's a great agent. So thank you for that little snippet. That uh, That helped in our conversation about you, but I think it also helped our listeners understand a very basic thing about real estate. Well, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed catching up, and I truly appreciate your time.
0: Well, thanks, Dick. Uh, When I first met you, I knew we had a connection. Uh, You're a little taller, so I remember we were sitting down a lot. When you first stood up, I could not believe how tall you were, but you know what? Uh, we, We see eye to eye on a lot of things. And uh, I say that with a with a smile going on, but because uh, I had to look up at you quite quite a bit. But um, you know what? Uh, it's a pleasure working with uh, top agents like yourself, and and uh, being able to share share our experiences together.
1: I I really appreciate that, and I love that little visual. I'm taller, but we do see oh, <laughs> eye. That's wonderful. That means that means a lot. Yeah. Well, the pleasure was all mine. You take care of yourself and certainly have a productive rest of the year.
0: Thank you so much, and uh, right back at you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Linda Falco, an experienced and personable professional ready to help you land on both feet in the North Scottsdale, Arizona area, particularly in the luxury golf course market. If you would like a formal introduction to Linda, please feel free to contact me or your local agent, and we will be happy to hook you up. And of course, Linda will be happy to consult with you to understand the real value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues listen to the first episode of eyes West I make a few points in that talk and the most important one is the value of relationships when buying or selling your home when searching for eyes West be sure to enter it as one word eyes West and to learn a little bit more about me you can Google me as Dick Crawford realtor I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County, California, and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout California who can help you in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us, and until next time, be good, be well, and be safe.